Welcome to the Burgundy Gold Knuckleheads podcast. As always, sitting right over there is my main man, Reggie. What's going on, Reggie? What's happening, Kenny J, man? I see you back into your normal um, uh, dungeon. You're no longer in the hidden bunker. I see you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, see I'm you in my back. personal dungeon. Yeah, personal <laughs> dungeon rather than, rather than the uh, secret bunker that I was at uh, last That's week. Right. Correct. That's right, man. Well, welcome yeah. back. Welcome back, man. I'm glad to have you. Yeah, and, good, uh, good to be back home as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. So today uh, was not quite the good day, man. You know, all all good things must come to an end, apparently, as they say. And uh, yeah. we uh, played the uh, you like that Kirk Cousin led Minnesota Vikings, and uh, didn't quite go as planned. No, no, uh, you know, I, I think as I've said before. You know, win or lose for the most part, Washington likes to take it down to the last five minutes, if not two minutes, every single game. Um, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're we, never we going to blow people out. Right? Yeah, we, we win or lose in the last two minutes um, consistently. Right? Out of how many games have we played now? Nine games, probably at least six or seven of them have come down to the last two minutes. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, don't, but, I don't know why we do that, and I don't like it. But it, it is who we are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we, we can get into to the game here in just a minute, uh, and some of the things related to what we're talking about—the last two minutes, or the, I mean, really the whole game. But when it yeah. came down to the last, I'll say the last five minutes, five to seven minutes, uh, how how things played out. Yeah. Um, yep. Before before I get into that, a couple of things that I wanted to talk about um, and give recognition to. Uh, one of the things was the passing of Dave Butts, uh, defensive tackle for Washington, passed a, a couple days ago um, through the Super Bowls. I don't know if he, I don't think he was there for all three of them, but man, he was an anchor in the middle. He was, you know, he, he, you know take you know, we we know how big Payne is, and we know how John, big Jonathan Allen is. Uh, right. Add fifty, add fifty percent more. Uh, he was just a wide body. He was uh, he was listed at, at six foot eight, like three twenty five. So he right. was big and big, right? Yeah. Um, and it was just a solid, solid player for many, many years, uh, and and an All Pro a couple years. And uh, we're sorry to see that uh, Dave Butts has passed. But uh, yeah, it's, all, it's it, always unfortunate, man, when you when you losing people in general and. And of course, when you look at the, uh, the Washington Redskins commanders family, you know, we, we also, you know, we feel for that as well, man. And, you know, old, young, you right. know, losing right. someone is right. never a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I remember this about Dave Butts, uh, but he was, besides playing football, you, you ever see where people carve duck duck decoys to make them look just like ducks and they put them out there on the water and try to lure other ducks sure. in S sure. supposedly he was like a a master uh duck carver for for decoys and like yeah he, he was very well known as not just doing it but being an excellent excellent carver painter of all that again kind of an odd thing i don't know why that stuck in my head for the last 30 or 40 years, but, um, you <laughs> yeah, know, this giant, you, I mean, yeah, you look at this giant, you know, behemoth of a man carving a little, 
wooden ducks, you know. So uh, hey, hey, he, li- he likes what he likes, I guess. He, absolutely, he's absolutely. He's a duck guy. Yeah, I think he was a, definitely probably a hunter, and that's where it came yeah. from. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like kind of like how I like this. I like this T-shirt, right? <laughs> in fact, in fact, let me give a shout out. Everybody, everybody look everybody. away. Everybody, everybody look away if you're watching you know, this on YouTube. You know, left hand up. Who are we, the Commanders? Man, I had to go. You know, uh, debut my my latest T-shirt, man. So I want to give a give a shout out to L and J Custom Creations, man. So I reached out to to her on uh, social media, and uh, she was able to hook your boy up with a shirt, man. I seen it. Okay. So if anybody's interested in one of these shirts, I'm going to give her a shout out. She's that at LJ underscore custom. And uh, the name of the name of the uh, company is L and J custom creation. So if you like one of these shirts, if you don't like the new, the new phenomenon of left hand up, then don't do anything. But if you do, yeah, that's what, that's where I got it from. So, but, and, uh, and, and I will, for, for the, for those that know, I am 100% not, a fan of the song and the left hand up and all that stuff. But, but, but to give her credit, she did a good job on the shirt. I will it not is, be man. buying one myself. Yeah, I will not be buying one. I, I think it's a ridiculous song, ridiculous saying, ridiculous whatever. I can't wait for it to be over. But she did a good job on that shirt for you to give her credit. She so. did real good. Because who are we? <laughs> one thing you can't deny, Ken, who are we? Uh, we're, we, we, we're, we're on the losing side today, unfortunately. Yeah. We're, we're the commanders uh, at four, at four and five. That's, that's who we are. Yeah. We're all excited. But we're anyway. all excited last week at, at, at 500 and then quickly the rug gets pulled out from under our feet. That's right. That's uh, one, right. one more thing before we get on to the, uh, uh, the game itself to the game is this, uh, the sale of the team. Uh, I we'd mentioned it's not a sale, it's not a sale yet. Podcast. It's not a well, sale right, yet. Right, right. On the potential alleged, and that the, that's the key word you have to use on everything. The alleged, it is, it is sale. alleged, <laughs> and they're and and they're just looking, they're just window shopping, looking at all options right now, right? Right, right. But here, you know, Snyder had talked to Forbes and had set the price. Of the value of the team at like 5.1 5.2 million dollars and all of a sudden billion, today billion 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 brother oh i'm sorry billion billion oh my gosh yeah yeah if it had, if it had been 5.2 million you'd probably be owning the team but on, <laughs> on the billion side on the billion count side of out. the house count me out uh yeah, on the billions yeah out. when we get to the billions yeah. but now all of a sudden just magically it's gone up to seven billion right uh when it's all said and done maybe it's going to be eight and a half billion that's snyder's, fine snyder's that's fine it's snyder's promo tour that's but... fine give him give him his money so he can go uh if it's eight yeah. that's eight if it's ten it's ten whatever just give him the money so he so he can go yeah. ahead and bounce on out yeah if if uh if, if somebody comes up short all they have to do is start a GoFundMe, and the washington commander fans will chip in and and fund the rest, right? There's no doubt about that. We'll be like we'll be like the Bills Mafia. We just start throwing a bunch of money into it, right? Just throwing it, just throwing it. But right. uh, the, the good news about this, the news that we're hearing and everything that's leaking out about uh, the potential sale of the team, is that apparently this is going to go pretty quick, right? Um, right. Uh, listening to Jay Glazer talking about it and some of the other reports is that they may actually have people lined up for this already. But they like right. to have the sale of the team completed um, by the owners meeting, which happens around March. 
So the, right. I know you think to yourself, man, that's another five, six months away. When in reality, we're already at the end of the year, right? In a couple of weeks, yeah. we'll be Thanksgiving, Christmas around the corner, and then football season's over, and then you have the owners meeting in March. So either way, I'm cool with it. Um, you know, I got right. no problem with it. Um, at this point, I think when and if the team gets sold, a lot of the negative narrative around our team, man, will go away. I think it would bring some re- some excitement back. Some people may not ever come back, and that's fine, man. That's your, that's your right. prerogative. Um, I, hadn't, I hadn't left the team in this, you know, after all this time. I'm not leaving now. But um, some people will probably come back. That's sure. cool. I, I guess yeah. we'll welcome them back. But whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. But, but either right, way, right. It, it, there's nothing – at this point, nothing negative um, that can come out of the sale. The only thing I say is you always have to be careful what you wish for because there could be somebody out there worse than Snyder. But we hope that we're going to get some one man, a beloved owner, one of those guys that just hires the people and let them do their job and hopefully turn return this franchise to the glory days uh, that we're all accustomed to uh, to seeing and rooting for. So that's my right, take on right. it. Uh Right. I mean, a, a team that has from from a team overall perspective that is run with some level of ethics and also an ownership who is. I'll, I'll, I'll be careful with my words here. Active, with some, comp- some competence, too. Right. Active, competent, but doesn't get in the way of his experts. Right. Uses the experts to make your decisions yes. or and or let your experts make those decisions right this is this isn't yeah, fantasy hire football. the people and get and get out of the way exactly exactly or, or or just take the advice of those people right we know uh i'll go back to haskins as the last one a lot of people within the organization didn't want haskins uh, and i'll say the football people didn't want haskins right and and somehow we took haskins anyway i you know, whether you want to blame that on Allen, whether you want to blame that on Snyder, I don't know the truth, but let's let the experts make the decisions. You know, nobody worries about the experts in marketing that create a ton of money for you when you buy this team, but right. let's do, you do marketing. You're going to, you're going to listen to the experts on the marketing, listen to the experts on the football side as well. For, for sure. For sure. So, so again, again, great news, positive news um all good things man and uh but that's again that's on the uh, business side of things and uh i think we should be able to get to the uh football side of things and with the football side of things we had the minnesota vikings at fedex field today which was supposed to be the blackout game ken all right you saw the black yeah. uniform yeah um i think that's what a majority of the black un- the black colors were um, right. They the were people. they were encouraging the people. Yeah, they were <laughs> yeah, right. they were they were encouraging people to wear black uniforms, black shirt, black gear, whatever they had. And um how how, how much black did you see, Reg? <laughs> Outside the people, I think it was the uniforms on the field, man. And a little bit of the black with yeah. the referees, the black and white striped uniforms of the refs. Um, you saw a little bit in the stands, man. I gotta say that I'm a little surprised if I'm being honest. If you didn't, that know- I didn't see yeah. That we didn't see more uh, the black colors to help um, go with that, that uh, uh, what they were trying to do on the promotion side. 
Right. Um. I, yeah, a little, 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 little disappointing. I was kind of looking forward to see how that would look in the stands, and uh, it looked like a typical standard Burgundy yeah, Commanders you, game. If you would have never known that, um, that it was a blackout game and they were encouraging the fans, you would have never known from the stands. You know, you, I, I'll tell you what you th- would have thought it was. You you would have thought it was. Um, I know where you you're know, going. Yeah, it, and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to think what it is. Uh, you know how people wear pink for for breast cancer. Breast cancer. Uh huh. Yeah. W- w- what is it? Is it is it Alzheimer's that they wear purple for? I I, I don't know what the cause is, but is you would have thought autism? that's what it was. I think autism. It's autism. I think. I okay. Think so. Um. Don't quote whatever me on that. it is. I understand that. I'm not trying to, you know, show any disrespect for any of the causes. I just don't know what the purple is. But you would have thought that's what it was because there was a whole lot of purple in the crowd. Um, which which was surprising to me because I, I've never thought of the Vikings organization as a team and a fan base that travels well. So it was a little right. bit shocking to uh, see them uh, see so many of those folks at the game. I mean, they were, and they weren't just at the game. They were in the lower bowl. I mean, yes. the, cam- yeah. the cameras fan um showing the uh, the the uh, the stands on TV, man. There was a lot of them. I mean, you see them in there doing their, doing their skull deal and all right. that kind of stuff. And at one point, I saw the players on the sideline, um, you know, encouraging the fans to to get louder, and it got louder. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. what the hell is going on here? But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was a little surprised to see as much um, as much purple in the stands that we saw today. Yeah. And it's, and I don't know about you mentioned about uh, the Vikings traveling. It's just, and, and maybe they, I, I doubt that they all traveled. Right. But I can tell you in my lifetime living in DC, living in Texas, uh, you know, a short time in Florida, a short time in a very short time in Mississippi. But I think I've met, you know, five, Vikings fans in my life because I've never been up to the Minnesota area, right? I go up there. I'm sure that everything's oh, purple. Man. Everything's purple up there. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it, it, it's 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 a it to me it seems like it's a very regional one of those teams that are very regional and it's not a national team. You take I'll, I'll use the the hated Cowboys. You know, Cowboys are are everywhere that you go. Uh, there's some teams, even the Patriots, because of all their success, you're going to run into them everywhere. If you're not from Minnesota, you're not a Minnesota fan. <laughs> You, you know, real, if you don't you have being, a connection to Minnesota, I'm just being real. You're being real disrespectful right now. To- <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I, being, I, I, hey, we we, we lost. The- <laughs> we lost twenty to twenty three. I'm a little bitter at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like all my life, I'd have met three of them. Man, you're being disrespectful to the. How, to the, how, to how the many purple. have you met? Have you have you have you met have you met ten? <laughs> As no, you I'm come not. across, I, I mean, we go to 10. sports bars. We you, go you to sports bars, and we don't see Minnesota people there. That, that's true, but I will tell you this: I work with one, <laughs> and uh, he's a very nice guy from up north. Where's he from? Where's he from? I, I, hell, I don't know. He's a Vikings <laughs> fan, so I'm assuming he's up from that where somewhere. Hey, um, well, that's and then, of course, respectful. I don't know. He's, he's a coworker. We don't we don't really we don't really jive like that. We we talk about when we had Kirk, <laughs> right. and they got Kirk. And yeah, we you know we talk about it a little bit, of, but uh, right, 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 right. Um, and and of course, there's a bar here. There's a Vikings bar here, which I've never stepped foot in, but but there's a there's a Vikings bar here. So 
but to your point, no, I don't know a lot of Minnesota Vikings fans. Yeah, you got you got to go through a back you got to go through a back alley to go into that bar, and uh, <laughs> you know it's. <laughs> I don't, even think they have a, I don't even think they have a bathroom. I don't think they got a porta potty, but go ahead, man. Either, either way, well, you know what? They were they were happily pissing in that porta potty today because they they, yes, they, they pulled the game out, man. They yeah, they were able to pull out a victory that uh that was in the, in our grasp that we should have had uh today. So yeah. So I guess let's just recap this game, man. What are what's what's what are your thoughts? Uh some well, stats. Uh, the, well, I I'll tell you, one of the things as you said that. Uh, your last comment of them pulling it out. It made me think initially here that I mean, I've got some notes to go over, but good teams find a way to win that kind of game. Cause it, it, I'm not going to say it was an ugly game. Uh, both teams had an opportunity to win it. And when it came down to it, a, 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 a team, a, a playoff caliber team finds a way of winning that game and that's exactly what they end up doing today. Um, ah, yeah. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, Pippin. You said they found a way to win. Uh, hey, I didn't. I'm not saying we didn't make mistakes, but they capitalized on any one of our mistakes where they made mistakes, and we didn't capitalize on listen, all of listen, our opportunities. No, hold, no, hold, hold on, Slim, Slim Jim. Listen, well, hold on. Listen. Go ahead. Go ahead. They won the game, but what allowed them to win that game was two mistakes by the good boys in black today that was how minnesota won that game and we'll get oh, into there, it there's more mistakes there's more mistakes absolutely okay. there's there's okay. some small some large but absolutely but, but but if those two things do not happen at the toward the end of this game minnesota doesn't win this game despite everything that happened in the first three and a half quarters if two things do not happen minnesota loses the game and we'll get into it and we may have a different yeah. opinion Fine, but I'm convinced two things happen at the end of the game that well, Minnesota. Those are, the two, those are by far the two biggest things in the glaring moments of the last five minutes of a game. You know, glaring two minutes and roughly five minutes of the game. Every, everything is everything is bigger. I mean, if you if you throw a pick six in the first quarter, and at the end of the game you lose by three points. A lot of times you don't even blame the, the pick six. You're blaming something that happened in the fourth quarter, right? You didn't pick I, I, up that first down or you missed the field goal or whatever it is. Uh, it, it's an entirety of the, of the game. But And I recognize it. it I, recognize just, yeah. I recognize there are other plays, but, but I'm specifically focusing on the statement when you said they pulled it out. They didn't do anything. We gave them the game. It, it, the, those, those things happen to playoff teams. Whether it's handed to them or whether they find some way of winning, that happens to playoff teams. And teams that are regularly under 500 lose games like that. Um, okay. And, and uh, 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 just a couple stats, right? I, I've got very little stats today. All right, let me hear. But, he, but, he, but here's a couple stats that I don't like. Um, I, I guess a positive is, Although there's a, there's a caveat on here, there, there's an asterisk mark which we'll come around to. Washington only had three penalties today, right? There's an asterisk, so we'll come back around to that. Only had three penalties all day long, right? You, you'll take that under ninety nine percent of the time. You'll take that. A negative. Uh, we were three for ten on third downs, right? Um, 
we had a, had, had a while we did rush a lot, uh, 30 rushes, we rushed for 137 yards against a, a pretty good team that stops the run. Uh, we were kind of mix and match on that. Uh, you know, we, we'd have a couple good runs, and then we seems like we couldn't even get to the. If I, if the, I recall, um, they were they were sixth in the league against the run, and we put up. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we had trouble getting back to the line. Yeah, sometimes we had get, had trouble getting back to the line of scrimmage, and then we you know we get seven or eight or nine yards on one. Uh, okay. Very very inconsistent with with our running game, even with those numbers. Okay. And the the last one, and I think this is one that I think you'll agree with me is consistently disturbing throughout this entire year. Terry and Samuel, Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin combined had eight catches. They should always be double digit catches between the two of them when they're healthy. They had eight total because we know they're both weapons. When they, the eight times that they touched the ball mattered. Why aren't we getting them the ball? They, they shouldn't, bare minimum is double digits. We should be getting closer to 15, 17 catches, touches between the two of them. Um, I think, I, I think uh, Curtis did have one run. So if you want to add that as a touch, that's still at nine. Didn't hit double digits between the two of them. Well, a big part of that, I've been screaming since probably week two. The O-line, Ken. I mentioned it to yeah. you today. Ron Rivera and the coaching staff gambled with the yes. O-line. The O-line was at one point a strength of this team. It is not even close as a strength of this team. They are consistently inconsistent. Um, mm -hmm. Ron made some decisions with the offensive line, whether who he re-signed, who he released, who he decided to bring in and that type of thing. And the decisions that they have made with this offensive line has set it back. We should right. be have a solid offensive line to where now free agents draft and things of that nature should be players to help fill out the rest of our roster. But that depth that he had, he's, he's, they've, they've gotten into it. And the guys that were supposed to be, contributing down the road, your, your Lucas's, your Sadiq Charles, your Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a rookie, I understand. Um, and some of these guys, where the hell are they? You can't – you got guys on your roster that can't, to your point, get – put Andrew Norwell in street clothes. Trey Turner right. isn't on the sideline. You got guys standing on the sideline because you can't do better than these two guys. Right. You know – Charles Leno has been solid, right? I don't think anyone has any issues with Charles Leno as the left tackle. He, he, he's the one of the four that has been the most solid by so, far. Right, of the five, right? Yes. Then then the other four, they've just been moving them around. Um, I guess Courtney's Lucas has kind of held down the right tackle spot once Sam Cosme went out. But that interior offensive line between Trey Turner, hell, I don't even know who's at center now. And then, because they that was a, a a cycle of guys that rolled right. in there, and then a after that, then, then then the Andrew Norwell situation, yeah, because the starting center hurt his leg again, right. um, but now we're just rotating people in the middle interior of the line, and that affects one, the rush. Although right. we, to your point, we got thirty carries, one hundred thirty-seven yards, but there were some ugly runs. I mean, they had to keep keep grinding just to get some of those yards. And then the other thing is the passing game. It has affected Carson Wentz. Uh, 
and it has to some degree affected Taylor Heineke. I know Taylor Heineke's sure. abilities has kind of offset that a little bit, but it was evident today. The, yeah. the offensive line being back in Taylor Heineke's uh, lap and in his face a little bit allowed defenders to tip balls, bat balls down. Um, he got sacked, oh, I want to say two two or three times today. Uh, I think three, three sacks. I think he's got three sacks today. And once again, the offensive line, man, you just never know what, what performance they're, they're going to show up and give you from week to week. Yeah. So that, in my opinion – is the big problem as to why you have Terry and Curtis Samuel playmakers on our team, not just playmaker, but expensive playmakers on our team can't get enough touches week in and week out because the quarterback doesn't have time or the ability to, be able to get the ball to them consistently. Yeah. And I don't, I don't agree with, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't disagree with anything that you said about the offensive line. They are it's troubling. It's troubling. And, and, and it's, yeah. And it's, I mean, we even talked about it not only on the on the passing game, but on even on the running game. Normally, when you're when you're blocking for a running game, you block kind of as a wall, right? You you, you create gaps, but you but everybody moves forward. Everybody either blocks a gap, everybody drives. Everybody, man, it, we look like a like like a broken picket fence. So, you know, some people one day it'll it'll somebody will come in from this angle, from that angle. You know, we never block. When we're when we're running, we never block as a unit. Yeah, it, I, as a running back, man, I would have trouble trying to figure out where am I going to be able to run behind because I, is somebody going to shoot the gap from the left, from the right? There's no consistency. I can't, uh, other than Leno, I can't count on anybody to where I think okay, I want to, this is my primary gap, and here's maybe my my uh, my second gap if I'm going to extend it out. Uh, or take it wide or something like that. It, it, it's it's a it's a free for all. You know, it, it almost is. seems like it almost seems like when they are running, I'm exaggerating here, but it's almost like schoolyard. You know, uh, it, the um, offensive line is is in shambles, man. And 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 even when we were winning, <laughs> the you know the three game win streak, we were winning. Yeah. Uh, it's you know in spite of the offensive line, right? right. right. They were still. They were still having some issues, but I think we chalked it up as uh, the athleticism of Taylor Heineke was was offsetting uh, some of the deficiencies that the that the offensive line had, man. But when you play a pretty good team, right. the Colts wasn't that team. Uh, Green Bay defensively is you know was so so, and uh, and then the Chicago you know hell they were trading everybody away a few weeks ago. So you come into a good six and one Minnesota team who's pretty good on both sides of the ball. And it showed up, and and yeah. I know we'll get into our our Eagles game um, uh, later this week. But what the hell is the offensive line is going to look like, man? What what yeah. are they going to look like when you're playing a solid defense? And the, and, the, and the funny thing is, is when they have holes, whether it's Gibson or uh, Robinson, Robinson, they're hitting those holes and they're getting five to seven, eight yards. Right. Every time that they have a hole or a gap or the, or the end is sealed so they can get around the end, they're getting the yards that they're supposed to. I don't look at it. I mean, yeah, we can always be critical and go, oh, man, he should have cut to the left or cut to the right. But that's not that's not common. Predominantly, they're getting the yards that are there and maybe an extra yard or two if they've got the the momentum to be able to, to drive a little bit. Um, yep. But 
yeah, they're just not getting the the holes that they know are going to be there, that they expect to be there. It, sometimes they're dancing around trying to find a hole because there's nothing. Um, so, yeah, I, we, we, we've covered that before, and, and it continues to be a problem. Um, the other thing, watching this game, I, I'm going to go on a prediction and just say this right now. I believe – Ron Rivera will be back as head coach next season, right? I just, whether I like it or not, doesn't really matter. But I suspect he'll be back for year four. What I hope change is Scott Turner as offensive coordinator. I don't think Ron would change it just because now you have to implement another system. But, man, Scott Turner, brother, is not – you know, how you need a quarterback to sit back and maybe learn from somebody a year or two, you know, before yep, you throw yep. him on the field. Scott Turner yep. needs to learn. Because keep in mind, he, his his job here in Washington is his first official offensive coordinator gig. Right. So he essentially is learning on the job. He needs to go back, man, and learn from somebody. Because yeah, I don't, I don't, he, doesn't, yep. he, he doesn't make good adjustments. His game plan seems to come in. They be, they seem to be very generic, very vanilla. If you want to say his offensive play calling is spicy, it's spicy because he put a lot of black pepper on it. There's no jalapenos, right? right? There, there's no habaneros in it. It's just it's, it's black pepper um, off the table, spicy. And that might right. be where he might do a little trick play. But he's not doing anything great and creative, man. And and the kid to me is holding back this offense. Right, he ho- we we got off once again, and we said this ki- we can't have this happening against the Minnesota team. Thank God our defense was playing well today, but once again right. we got off to a slow start offensively. Yeah, it, it, and, and there's a few examples. Uh, I once again I, I'm agreeing with you a hundred percent here. There, there's a few examples I, we can talk about real quick. Um, one one of them real quick was there was a play where Heineke faked a handoff we, we had been running a few times and had some success he faked the, the handoff to gibson and he kind of mm-hmm. rolled to his right and dumped it to the tight end and i was like that that's somewhat of a routine play in the nfl for us it was like oh man look at it look at this little gadget play almost right mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and that's a play that we used to run four five six years ago with uh, with Reed, with Cooley, with whoever it is, it, with different offensive uh, coordinators running it. it it's it's a yeah, very we got, we got a little excited today. We're like, oh right. man, he's, he's 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 doing something a little different. Yeah. And he turned right around and just run yeah. the ball. Well, and right, and, right and, and the yeah, and the, and then the other thing as far as like two glaring. That's one glaring that we as fans thought that that was a special. Uh, kind of an, a special play when it really it wasn't right. The right. the other one was, I believe it was in the fourth quarter. We were roughly at the at the Vikings forty five yard line driving. Okay, it was it was third and two. And and I said before they ran the third down play, I said if we don't get it we will be going for it on fourth down, right? Okay. That's Ron Rivera's mentality. We've, we've moved the ball from about the, I'll say the 20-yard line, been driving for 30, 35 yards, 
and we're, you know it's too short to punt. It's too long for a field goal. We're going for it in this in this territory. If I know that, you don't think that Ron and Turner should be going through their heads as well as as they're they're the game managers, not not knucklehead Ken, right? But I knew this was going to happen. And right. so what do they do on third and two? They hand it to B-Rob up the middle. He gets nothing, right? So, okay, you knew that you knew that you were going for it on fourth down, so what's the play for fourth down? Get up to the line. Ah, oh, man, we got to call a timeout. We got to call a timeout. I'm like, are you kidding me? You knew that if you didn't pick that up, if you'd only picked up one yard, no yards, you knew you were going for it on fourth down. Why didn't Correct. you have a play ready? And then the, the play that they run wasn't necessarily a bad play, but that's the play you should have run on, on third, third down. On third down. Where, where Heineke rolled out, had the option, he threw it to Terry, and it was defended, and we didn't pick up the – on that, it was the fourth down. Yes. Um, again, <laughs> I don't know where they're – where they choose to be creative is some of the worst worst things. Just like when they did that that double that stupid uh, play. Yeah, the, the double handoff reverse pitch back to well, the dumb play. Yeah, and then and then to, to Heineke and then Heineke to throw it uh he it out of bounds. To, to the tight to the tight end. Again, you're doing that at the 20 yard line. You need space for that. That's a play that you run at the at the 50 yard line. So you let the receiver, I mean the in this case it was a tight end, get some get some way down the field. Uh all the players, all all, all the defense is compact within the 20 yard line. You're basically in the red zone. It's tough to do those kinds of trick plays with limited space. Um Yeah. 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 That just, play was just like three examples of you know, like, come on, man. We could talk about the, through the whole game, but those are two, three prime examples where what are you doing? What are you doing, Turner? Yeah, yeah. And to your, and to your point, Scott, it goes back to the whole thing with Scott Turner. I don't know what he's doing. That play where he tried to get cute, where they threw the ball like five times behind the line of scrimmage before he decided to let uh, uh, Taylor Heineke finally throw the ball. Right. To to John Bates was this was an ugly stupid play. I, I I didn't like it. At least not to your point that the down and distance we were there. Um, so that that wasn't good. Um, we talked about it during the game as we're watching. Taylor Heineke was under duress a little bit more this game. Yeah. Uh, we saw the balls getting batted down. We saw them getting tipped to the line of scrimmage. And at no point in time did you see them move the pocket, let Taylor roll out. You, you do something where you get the defenders out of his face and allow him to see more of the field, uh, to right. see more downfield. It's like we're sitting at here, sitting in a in a bar. We're sitting in a bar watching the game, coming up with ways to hopefully help out our quarterback and a high-paid NFL-level offensive coordinator can't seem to do some of the little things to help out the players on his team. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, And again, it goes back to what I say that Scott Turner – needs to go or he needs to sit in the back and learn from somebody else before he finally gets his gig. I'm over with the dude, man. I'm, I'm tired of Scott Turner. He, he, he needs to go. Ron yeah. Rivera. I, I, yeah. Go ahead, Ron going. Rivera. Clock management. Right? To your point, we used two timeouts and a stupid challenge. Well, yeah, the second the second one was a challenge, right? The first one was 
uh, when, we, when we're going for it on fourth down, we knew we were going to. He wasted it. And then, you don't have a play yes, ready. Look, look. When it, I, I, want, I want to jump ahead on your uh, challenge flag. Get He cannot hold that challenge flag. Give that red challenge flag. Give it to Del Rio. Give it to somebody else because he just doesn't know what he's doing. Right? Man, listen, listen. He he blew he, that with that challenge flag. It's like, oh come my on, gosh, dude. yes. Yes. I mean, I, mean, I mean, if you wanted to challenge it, for, for one, it was a bad challenge. Number two, he threw it so fast. Okay, this is a, to, your, to your point of managing it. Let the clock run, right? Let, let them line up for a play because on TV, they're going to show that play a couple times. And right. let They're the watching people it up the in the booth. booth, right? Let the people in the booth watch it and radio down challenge, 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 Ron. And then he throws it down. He, he didn't. He didn't yeah. take advantage of the technology there to give himself an extra seven to ten seconds to make that decision. Yeah, no, um, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, and, but keep and, go, go ahead. Now, now I, I was just gonna say, man, Ron, Ron Rivera, and 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 those timeouts became crucial uh, toward the end of the game. And I know we're kind of methodically working our way through it, but uh, uh, the timeouts, we went – because we, when we lost our second timeout, it was probably halfway through the third quarter or toward the end of the third quarter. So we had an entire quarter and the rest of the game, which, again, to you, as you pointed out, we typically play to the last minute of the game. So you right. know what? You need your timeouts, Ron, and you might need that challenge. And right. here we are. We're down – that one time out to go another quarter and a half in this game um, to jump back on this deal with, with uh, Scott Turner being a, a not good coordinator and the way this offense got off to a slow start. Um, I'm looking at a note here that uh, for the first half, we had 97 yards. I know people that love Taylor Heineke has been, has been on this bandwagon the past three weeks. And although we've come out with a couple of W's, the offense still look a little bit putrid, man. 97 yards in the Absolutely. first half total. That's not passing. Right. That's total. In right. the first half of an NFL game, the defense is helping you out. The defense is helping you out. And oh, yet, hey, and hey. yet, and yet you, we can you, still you, only manage four, uh, 97 yards in the first half. Right? Yeah. Let me give you one more stat. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Right? The Wonder Boy. In the first half. 48 yards passing, Ken. 48 yards right. passing. And then when we come out in this in the, in the second half in one play. One play, he throws a 49-yard touchdown to Curtis Samuel, and he immediately surpasses his total yardage in the first half off of one play. Second, right. third, third, he finished the game with a 149 total yards. I just told you in the third quarter, he, he threw a touchdown pass of 49 yards. Which means, yep. in the second half alone, Taylor Heineke threw for a total of a hundred yards. And you can hate, yeah. not just you, not you, Ken, just in general. People can hate right. on Carson Wentz all you want. The only difference between what we're getting between Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz is the fact that we're getting the W. But the but the performance out of the quarterback position is an issue. Eight weeks into this season, we're still having issues at the quarterback position just as much. It doesn't matter who's under the center at this point. But 149 and, yeah, yards total, 149 yards total in the game. He has 100 yards outside of a 49-yard pass, which, oh, by the way, 
And I'm going to need you to explain to me why the hell did he throw that ball, which turned out to be a touchdown pass, into triple coverage to Curtis right. Samuel. I would love to know what the play call was and what he was looking at that made him just chunk that ball down and throw it into triple coverage. Thank God, as I joked during the game, that J.D. McKissick was dressed up in, a, in an official uniform in stripes to run in the way of that defender and allowed, took out one. Yeah. He took yeah. out one of them and allowed Curtis Samuel to catch that ball. But there was three Viking players down there. That ball should have never been thrown. Should have never been thrown. Of, of Curtis Samuel. Right. And, I, and, and it just and, boggles my mind, man. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, as well as our listeners know, that I am a fan of the way Heineke plays. Uh, sorry, sorry, there's going to be PG-13 balls out. Right? Okay. But you got to make the right decisions. Uh, you know, his That pass, to your point, was 100%, I'd say 50% luck and 50% Curtis Samuel. Right? That was, that was not Heineke because he should not have thrown it. Um, I mentioned after that touchdown that I wish Heineke would go downfield more and let uh, McLaurin and Samuel make those kind of catches, but on one-on-one coverage, you know, Scott Turner's got to, has got to scheme something up to get them one-on-one coverage. And then let's go for it because I think both of those guys can more times than not take advantage of a one-on-one coverage with a cornerback or, or safety covering them. And I don't think Um, anyone would have had an issue with it. Yeah. But that, but that play was not the play to do it. Um, Also, on his interception late late in the game, um, I, I know he kind of had somebody coming in his face, so I don't know how much that came with it, but you had a very big, tall target in Logan, uh, Thomas. Logan Thomas going across who was wide open. You got to hit that. You have got to hit that. Professional top 10, top 12 quarterbacks in this NFL – Hit that pass every single time. You got to hit the easy open passes. We talk about how we don't get open passes, right? Where's our wide receivers? Why don't our wide receivers get open? Well, when he was open, Heineke missed him. him. Not only did he not hit him, but he threw an interception. They ran it back within the red zone and ended up, you know, getting a touchdown out of that. So Heineke did not have a good game whatsoever. He was scrambling around. Uh, There's other things that didn't make it easy on him. Uh, you know, if you may, maybe somebody want, uh, if you're a Minnesota Viking, you can say that, you know, their defense uh, had something to do with it. And, and they did in, in some ways. Um, but man, we, Scott Turner and Heineke and the offensive line together, just, just stymied Listen, this, man. stymied this offense. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna so so the so the interception you're referring to is essentially is what, in my personal opinion, turned the game. Absolutely. Turned the game. Turned the game from what was Washington potentially going down and, and putting this game away because the interception occurred with 7:56 left to go in the game, and at the point we were winning by seven. If we go down at a minimum, get a field goal. It's a two point score. I, I jinxed. And, I, I jinxed us. And, right. and at best case, I, we get we get a touchdown, <laughs> and now we're up by 14, okay? But what happened here, Ken, 
is he misses Logan Thomas wide open, overthrows the ball, intercepted by Minnesota Viking player. Good on that guy for catching the ball because we know usually sure, defenders sure. do not have good hands, but he caught it. <laughs> but here's what was interesting. Before we came on this deal, I was reading some stuff on it. Taylor Heineke press conference. He was clearly asked about that interception throw because he only had one. Okay. All right. I, I missed would the press you conference. What would you, you believe that Logan Thomas was not the primary read? He went on to say, and I'm paraphrasing, okay. to his left, there was a comeback route, hitch route. There was some route that was supposed to have been come open. Okay. The guy was open. Taylor Heineke admitted he should have thrown the ball to that guy on the left. I don't know who it was. He didn't mention who it was. I didn't see the all 22. He mentioned okay. he should have taken the, the, the pit, the um, open receiver on the left, but he tried to go for whatever. I don't know if Logan was further down the field. I don't know if he thought that would be a bigger game because Logan. Yeah, he, he, was 10 to, he was 10 to 15 yards down. Yeah. He went to the secondary read instead of taking the primary read that was open. And if he makes the throw, the drive continues, and we and Minnesota may not get the ball, ran back on the interception to the 12-yard line, which we know they ultimately scored and tied the ball game. If, if he, Taylor, Taylor I, Heineken, I, ladies I, and gentlemen. I don't have a problem with his decision because Logan Thomas was open. You just got to make that throw, right? But, but, he, he, made, he, but, but he was wide open. He was, Ken, but you know why it was a harder throw? Because, because he gave the guy the, time because, to come in his face. Well, because throughout, throughout the game, he had been getting balls batted down and tipped. So I'm going to choose to believe that he was trying to throw the ball a little bit over the defensive line. Right. And that allowed him to sell that ball to Logan Thomas, who is, oh, by the way, I think he's 6'6". So he sold the yeah. ball. But you know what? But if he looks to his left, there's maybe one defender over there on the line. Right. You could, you've got a better line of sight. You probably get the ball, which again, not per Reggie. This is per Taylor Heineke. The guy was open and he chose not to take the open receiver. That's called decision making. Right. Taylor Heineke made the decision, and that was a very, very costly decision. Because to your point, if it was a first quarter touchdown, I mean interception, we're not talking about it. But with time and position, time and possession. And where we are in the game, you couldn't turn the ball over because we could have made it a two-possession game. Right. And, and, and like I said, I think I'm going to take uh, some blame, uh, Jinxon, because I think it was maybe right before that play, directly before that play, I mentioned if we go down here and can score anything, we should win this game with the you time that's that. on the with You on did the clock. say that. You yeah, did so, say that. So, uh, Commander fans, I want to – I'm sorry I was – you know, put the, put the jinx on us there. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to touch on this one long because there's other things that we need to talk about, uh, except we need a different punt returner. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave that. We, just, we, we do. We, we need to find somebody else that can return punts. We do, but I'm going to uh, just, I'll, I'll give my two cents on it. That guy's not coming this year. Okay. It might be next season. Right. He's not coming this year. Number 15 will uh, continue to be your, uh, terrible punt return. 
It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, not, knock on wood. Be grateful that he hasn't fumbled any, no muffed punts, no anything like that. I, I don't want that to be the jinx for any Mr. for future uh, thing in the season. But Mr. Dax, uh, number ca- 15. Ca- catch, it, catch it and start running. Stop stop yeah. standing there, evaluating, looking, and and then finally going. Yeah, the kid's terrible. So, Mr. 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 BYU, steal your girl. He's just not <laughs> – He's not, he's not the guy, man. <laughs> yeah, for the, for the inside, for the yeah, for the insiders that don't know that, uh, go go look that up. We'll we'll leave it at that. Well, um, well you can't just say go look at it. You got to go look up Dax Dax Maline and uh, just stealing girl, just steal what, what, stealing girlfriend. Just just, just no no no. Don't say anymore. <laughs> make him work for it, Reg. Make him work All for right. it. Well, Mister Steal Your Girl is not the guy to be returning punts. He's better at stealing <laughs> your girl. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh let me see i i, I got that we t- took that i uh i talked about uh, i i still i want to say i kind of touched on it a little bit man we we all know what and, and, and recognize what terry mclaurin can do for this team i don't think you and I do. I don't think most of Washington fans realize the tool that we have in Curtis Samuel. Every time he has the ball in his hand, there's a pass out there. Uh, he even had the one today where he, where he came back because he recognized that uh, Heineke was in, pro- in trouble. It kind of a broken play that he came back and got. Man, we got to get him the ball more. Whether, you know, thrown into triple coverage, a little bit of luck, but man, the guy was concentrating knew he was tracking the ball and made the play to make that uh, catch and touchdown. Uh, he ran the ball once and who's we picked up Who, who's we? Eight, eight or 10 yards. Who, who's we need to we, get, who's, who's the we that needs to get the ball in his hand. Let's call him out. Ken. Let's call him out. Uh, uh, Scott, I, Turner. I, I, Scott Turner, Scott Turner, Scott Turner. Yeah. Well, F- find shot. ways of, find ways of getting in his hand, uh, th- throw a screen pass to him, throw a sl- quick slant. Why don't we run a, how many quick slants have we completed this year? Total. I don't think it's in our DNA. We don't run quick slants in DC, brother. I mean, yeah, not, thir- not, third and third and third and two, and there's receivers and teams out there that you just cannot stop their quick slant, and we don't even throw them. We don't even throw a quick slant. It's not in our playbook. We got that's what um, I said. We got th- we got three guys who can win on the quick slant, and we don't use any of them. It, so it is. It it's is not in our DNA. I think, threw, I think they I think they. Ripped that one right out of the playbook and said, "We don't do we don't do slants." And it's funny because it ain't it ain't just the Ron Rivera regime, right? Right. Jay Gruden didn't oh. do it either. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's almost like you come in and here's here's your employee handbook and and part <laughs> rule of number one as a, as a head coach as a, as a as a head coach of this organization, we don't run quick slants. And take that right out of there. We don't do it for whatever right. reason. Right. That's in the hand, um, that's an employee handbook. I bet you. All right, so so we've gone down a lot of the problems and issues. Before we get to what we both will probably consider the final straw that broke the camel's back today, I just want to give the defense some some credit. Um, they, they they had some bending moments here or there, but overall, they they played tough. They played can you, well. Can you can't ask our defense to have played much better than they did today? Absolutely, I I a hundred percent. Considering how hard the fans were on the defense, um, the first few games of the season, 
De- we were deservedly all... so. Deservedly so, though. Oh, for but sure. Yes. Yeah. And we were all ready to fire Jack Del Rio. Deservedly so. Yep. The defense has quietly turned into the group that is carrying this team. And 100%. not only carrying this team, but allowing our team to be in games. Right? The Derry yep. Henrys of the world not having big games. Um, Chicago, they held them down. Jonathan Taylor, the league, you know, the, the reigning league champion, rushing champion. And then today we had a Minnesota team, right? Dalvin Cook, 22 carries for 56 yards. Yeah. And the biggest play he made was that hell of a grab, one-handed grab um, on that touchdown. That hell of a catch by a running back. Yep, yep. Prior to that, he was he was not productive in this game. And that was, again, thanks to the defense. They sacked Kirk Cousins today, two touchdowns, yep. even got an interception on him. Should have had yep. two, but they yep. got an interception on him, right? So, to your point, hats off to the defense. They were on the field quite a bit, still were able to get it done. And I don't know, I mean, outside of some more turnovers, man, but I mean, hell, they're doing everything they can out there. And I, I don't know that we could have asked them to play better, man. Not not only just today, but even, even some of the few past games, man. The defense is turning the corner, has turned the yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, opinion. even with the, the yeah the short field that uh, after Heineke's interception, uh, like I said, I think that I think they returned it within the ten yard line on on that one. It was so to 12, ta- 12 to be exact. Okay, twelve. Okay, but you you take away that score, and they gave up thirteen points, right? Even even include that score. Include that score at 20 points. Man, if your defense gives up only 20 points in today's NFL, you stand a chance of winning every single game. And if you can't score more than 20 points, man, your offense has a big problem because we have not played other than, uh, I guess, defensively, Philly put it to us. But other than that game, we haven't faced any any, any dominating defenses. So and I'm not and I'm not trying to give Philly more credit than what they deserve. Uh, they just ate us up with their uh, with their pass rush, but and that's we, who we got next, and and that's who we have next. But yeah, oh, um, but, but let's get to the key play, man. Let's get to the the final key play, right? Because everything led up to this point, and up to this point, for everything that we've talked about, we're in the game. We're in the game, brother. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow, with all of the things, all of our complaints, all of our issues, we're in the game. But you know, it, it, it's we get all the we, right, right, and we get we get all the way down, Ken, and it's fourth down, fourth down, baby. One time out to go is fourth down. And let me put my note here. Hold on a second. Hold it's, on. It's, it's, it's a minute and down. fifty-two to go in the game. Right. And yes, and they're going to kick a field goal if That's you. It. If you kick it, if they kick it, you've got a minute and 52, you're down by three, and you still have one timeout, right? He, he burned the two, but somehow we still have one timeout with a minute and 52 seconds. You, you basically run your two-minute drill, and you stand a chance of coming back or tying the game, and then what happens? So worst case, we get a field goal, we go to overtime. Best case, we have another Terry, Terry catch. Or Curtis Samuel catch in this case, and we win the game. But you know right. what? We got a chance, guys. After all we've gone through, we we gone through almost sixty minutes of football. Yeah, we got a chance, right? Yep. Stand up, I'm ready to go, man. This ain't this ain't the position I want to be in. I don't like it. 
But hey, let him kick the field goal. Let's let's go. And then we see some yellow laundry on the field. And as I saw this, I saw some big old dude with his ass in the air because he done jumped over to get the one guy you can't touch on the offensive line whenever yep. you're kicking the field goal. He decided to jump his butt yeah. <laughs> over, the, up and jump over, the, over, over the, the snapper. Center. I mean, he's a big lineman. How high did he think he was going to get up? He's not 6'8". Yeah. They didn't bring you in, put you in the middle so you can jump up and spread and, yeah. and block. Yeah, he wasn't field. wearing his he wasn't wearing his Air Jordans. He wasn't getting very no. high. He you wasn't know? he wasn't wearing his Reebok pump ups. You remember the one you right. squeeze the tongue? He wasn't wearing yeah, none of that. Yeah. And it's a twenty two yard. It's a chip shot field goal. Kid. It's twenty it's twenty two yep. yard field goal. Basically, an old school old school uh, extra, extra point. point. Yeah, but oh no, Mr. Ridgeway, right? They, they wrote an article about him. Consider him one of the best pickups this offseason or during the season because we, we got him off of the practice squad or something from the Cowboys. Right. And he, they just wrote an article about how this kid is a, has been a steal. And I'm guessing he read his own newspaper clippings, Ken, because he come out here and tried to be a damn hero. And I understand, specifically to you, Drew, I know you're listening, I understand there are plays that happen throughout a game and it should not come down to one play. But in this case, brother, we had a chance to do something. And he made a bonehead play trying to jump over the center of the long snapper and and ended up with an unsportsmanlike flag, which gave them a first and goal. And it was an and easy call. That, and it at was that an easy point, call, you know. And at that yeah. point, Minnesota says these boys got one timeout left. They can't stop the clock. And for all the fantasy owners who was watching it, Dalvin Cook was never going to try to run into a touchdown. Kirk Cousin no. wasn't trying to throw it. They just ran and just fell on the ground and just let the clock run out. The game was over. Yeah, they 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 knew Dumb. they were going to still they were going to still kick that field goal, but they had the opportunity to run the clock down to ten or ten seconds or whatever ridiculous it was. Um, yeah, and I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear anything about it, you know all the other plays that happened during the game. I don't give a damn because you know why? We still had a chance to win the game, even with yeah. the stupid interception. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, I I don't buy that. Yes, there are other plays throughout the game, but people become heroes, right? The Tom Brady's of the world, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Joe Montana's, they got that because last minute drives, right? Or whether it's a last minute drive to score or a last minute drive to pick up that first down and eat up the clock so the team never got the ball back. It, it, it Everything, you know, Michael Jordan and KD and whoever you want to say, they might have scored however many points, but you hit that game-winning shot, that's what everybody remembers, right? That's all people remember. That's all people remember. Yeah, yeah they, 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 missed, they missed shots early, early in the in game. The game. Right, but they but they hit the one that counted when when all this when the lights were on. Right, no one cares about the other shots you missed. Right, <laughs> no one cares about that dunk you missed. No one cares about the air ball you shot. The pre the but pressure you, gets you, tighter. You damn right. And yeah. here's the thing: high school. I don't know. I don't know about high school level, but I know the collegiate level and the pro level. 
even I know you don't touch the guy hiking the ball. Right. No, you don't touch that guy. So, again, why is his big ass jumping over the center? To do to do it, what? I'd, it, I'd it, ask Ridgeway, what were you trying to do, homeboy? What were you trying to accomplish? You thought you were going to block it? It's a 22-yard field goal. All you got to do is kick it up. Not right. not the trajectory doesn't need to be this way. Yeah. It needs to be this way. So Correct. unless you was gonna jump up there and touch the sky, what were you doing, homeboy? What but, were uh, you doing? But that play, and I know Ron and all the teammates are gonna get in front of the media and, the, and all that kind of stuff and say, you know, we win, lose as a team. I'm pretty sure, you know, it doesn't come down to one play. I'm sure we're here all all of that traditional narrative. And, and, and but if part I'm on of that the team, is true, but that is part yes. of the truth. But if I'm on the team, I'm looking at Mr. Ridgeway like, bro, <laughs> bro. I mean, well, you, you can't it's, touch one of, that it's one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things that you just know not to do, right? It's not like you a, know this. a pass interference. Yeah, if there's a pass interference and you're trying to cover the guy and you're hit by hip and and you try to, you know, you're turning and you grab the guy just out of instinct or whatever and make the play. That's one thing, but this is a rules. This is rules. This is the rule. You know the you know the rules of not doing that. Yes. <laughs> you know, jump jump to the left, jump to the right, or or you know, and you're fine. And Drew Drew said um, Drew said it's discipline, right? I'm gonna use Drew as an example because I was talking to Drew after the game. Drew says it's discipline. It shows the lack of discipline on the football team, and it's coaching. I shouldn't have to coach him that, Drew. I'm gonna tell you why. We know that. You're not supposed to run across the line of scrimmage until the ball's hiked, right? That's football 101. That's just the rules of football. People still jump, but that's usually because of the snaps or the cadence of the quarterback or whatever. But we know the rule. The rule is you don't jump across the line. That's a rule. The rule is you don't well, you don't mess with this guy snapping the ball. He, he's vulnerable. Well, I mean, he's got his the, head the, down. Argument, you don't touch that guy. Yeah, the argument against that is – they only had three penalties, right? That's a disciplined team, but you can't. But you can't do that at the end of the game to give another team an opportunity. I mean, what if what if they were down by by more, and uh, you know a touchdown? You know, if let's put it this way, they could have been kicking that field goal to tie the game, right? But they decide to run a touchdown and go ahead because of that that penalty right there. It, it, there's 101 things, right? It was dumb. It was a bonehead play, it, it, man. It's just, and it's just, it's just a bonehead I, play. I, I asked that guy again. You, you, you jumping on the center. What, what were you trying to do? Because they had lined up in that tight formation where they were going to tighten the lineup, and the guys on the edge were going to try to run in and jump in and block it. So again, Mister Defense Alignment. Outside of being quick, speedy, you're, you're some of the big, you're one of the biggest, heaviest dudes on the team. You couldn't jump and block it. Not a field goal, a pass by the quarterback, perhaps. But you're going to block a field goal? Yeah. So what the hell are you thinking, dude? That was the one guy you can't, outside the quarterback, the guy snapping the ball is the one guy you can't touch. Yeah. So what were you thinking? What were you trying to accomplish, man? I, I, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. Um, so I'm just like, bro, come on. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> you about to get me right. And and and, 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 and and with that all being said, you know, we end up losing 
to the Vikings, uh, 20 to 17. Um, it, Instead of it, five and four with four what, and five. Well, and, and the funny thing is, you know, here, here we're talking and they, the people can hear our frustration and our voices. And the funny thing is, is while we're happy when we won the previous three games, there was still frustration because we were still talking about this. And, yes. I, and I think we are, are at the level of a team across the board that includes coaching that teams that are under 500 we stand a, a decent chance of beating them. Teams that are over 500, we're probably going to come up short the rest of the year because they're doing they're doing the little things. The coaches are their coaches are making the little adjustments, making the little calls, making the little. Uh, and, you mean, and you mean the players are jumping jumping over the uh, long right. snapper and stuff like that? Yeah, I got you. And, but you know, and, what, you and know from what, the you player know the perspective, they're making the, they're making the little plays as well. But go ahead. And I agree with you from the perspective of how this team will probably be the rest of the season. But you know what the problem is with that? In year three, we're not supposed to be that team. Absolutely and not. That, and that's where the frustration is because in year three, we should be one of the better teams. At least oh, that's I think we will. Hey, all the fans, including us have legitimate reason to be frustrated because of the last three, you know, the previous two seasons and the first half of this season, um, we should be better than what we are at this point, not only record wise, but per playing wise, performance wise. The, well, I mean, when you look at the games that we've played, if our offense played at the level that we were anticipating, let, let's just say, let's just say 80%, 75-80% of what we we're anticipating, we would have an extra win or two, at least probably two extra wins. Right? We're not going to be undefeated. I'm not going to try, you know, blow smoke up up that way, but you know, we would have won today and we would have won against uh Detroit as an example. And 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 that's a different record right there. And and when you're playing at that level, you can do things to take a step forward to get better each week. And then finally you get into a groove because you scrapped to win some games. We can't scrap. We're not good enough right now. Again, coaching players to scrap to win those kinds of games. And when you're a better team and you're not always playing to the end of the game, a lead, if we had had a better lead, if we had converted in the early part of the game, the play that Ridgeway did, the penalty would have been in our sportsman light. Minnesota gets the ball. They still – try to score maybe they score but because we are up by two scores right it doesn't matter and i and i get that but the reality was that's the situation we were in so we couldn't afford to have that type of a play so therefore you don't create that kind of a play and a play right. like that was well within his control it was in his control to not jump over the long snapper or the center it, you, you just don't do yeah. it you, you have okay? to play the play that you're in not to play from the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, All right? You get me, you get me uh, fired up. Well, and, well, we've seen, you know, we've seen, you know, to I, I want to make this one statement, and then I, we can kind of move on and, and and wrap things up. But we've seen players who have made mistakes throughout the game, and then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter, they make two or three or four plays, and we're like, oh man, you know, why couldn't you have done that all game? We would have, we wouldn't have been down to the wire. Well. You, you, you know, you're not, not, I mean, you, you're, you're bringing it up, but he became the hero at the end of the game, right? Yes. J just the opposite. Run that in reverse 
and you just can't make those mistakes at the end of the game. So yeah. anyway, man. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's we'll all I got, man. I'm... Yeah, that's that's all I've got. We we'll wrap this up. Um, in a, in a few days, we will be doing a preview of the upcoming Philadelphia Eagles game that will be on Monday night coming up. Uh, we'll actually have a uh, plan on having a guest on uh, one one of our dedicated listeners. We like to have him yeah, on. Yeah, he's going to be <clears throat> on for a little bit and get some input his, from him. Give, and, give his and, take and on the man. team, a little preview, participate in our preview for the Eagles and uh, see what his number is and all that good stuff. So we'll, we'll work yeah. that out and uh, and try to get him, get him on for our, um, our next podcast, our preview game. So, um, but man, that's all I got. See, I'm I'm so getting fired up again, yep. man. My voice getting a little hoarse, <laughs> you know. I I, uh, I I got my I got my water right here for just that reason. Take a couple sips here, but yeah. yeah if I don't anyway, have anything man. else, uh, uh, yeah. If you're if you're listening to this on, um, if you're watching it on YouTube, hit us up on Twitter. You you see you obviously you see our uh, our, our Twitter handle down below. Um, if you're listening to this on podcast, check us out on YouTube. Just look up on, on any platform. Just look up uh, Burgundy and Gold Knuckleheads, or Burgundy and Gold Knuckleheads podcast, and you will find us. Uh, in, right. Until then, anything else, Rich? Until then, peace out. Peace out, Knuckleheads. <laughs>